0: Voices, the podcast that explores the topics dearest to
1: our hearts. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the discussion. Without further ado, I would like to introduce my first guest, which is Nicholas Borsotto, worldwide business lead of Lenovo and head of Lenovo AI Innovators. Welcome, Nicholas.
2: It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you so much.
1: How are you? I'm doing quite all right. It
2: was a great conference so far. Uh, thank you so much for Nibble for hosting us and for the partnership going so far.
1: Amazing. Well, thank you for being here. And our second guest, he is the man behind Nibble. It is Noor Anahas. He is the CEO and chief of Dreaming Stuff Up at Nibble. Hi, Noor. How Hi, are Gabi, you? Hi, How are you? Good. Good. How's your day been?
0: Yeah, amazing. Good. Yeah, wonderful start to a week. So. Good
1: it's a good atmosphere right
0: yeah
1: before we start anything because i feel like we're one of the first few events in dubai no masks how is it nice talking to people and seeing each other's faces again
2: I think that uh, today we had somebody on the booth and I pulled up a business card and a mask fell out and yeah. everybody looked for a second and, <laughs> and I was like, shocked. don't worry guys, don't worry. And <laughs> I just kind of put it back I'm in. I'm not one like, of those. I just have an emergency, in case there's an emergency. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> uh, last year we kept on taking the masks off and the security would come by and force you to yep. put it back on. So it's great to feel back to normal.
1: Yeah, and it's nice to see everyone smile again, right? Yeah. Feel that atmosphere, feel here, feel the buzz. But I heard something exciting happened between Innovo and... Nibble a
0: little while ago yeah absolutely really so exciting so nor
1: would you like to tell me a bit about it because I know nothing so tell me all
0: I think the most important part about it is it started a year ago at Jitex yes so we uh, Nibble and Lenovo met at Jitex last year
1: mm-hmm.
0: funny enough we were both in the same locations so we walked those hundred steps back and <laughs> met each other and uh what really got both excited at the time was Lenovo's incredible tech in edge AI processing, and uh, which is where we'd been suffering because we have edge AI, but don't have the tools that can execute the AI at the edge, right? Mm-hmm. So the hardware. So that was instantly exciting for everybody involved. And over the past year, uh, wow. Uh, you know, the collaboration between Lenovo and Nibble, looking at how we address Uh, challenges uh, for customers, and how we address both of our goals has led to today signing this... uh, What what would you call it? Uh, What's the best word to describe it? Because it's a lot of things.
2: I think it is a lot of things, and it is also the beginning of a lot of more things, so Mm -hmm. that's very exciting. So Nibble has just signed a partnership agreement to join the Lenovo AI Innovators, so our ecosystem of AI partners worldwide, creating a full stack across the industry platform for AI for our customers, their customers, and people overall so Amazing. It, it is the biggest pleasure to bring them formally inside of something that they had already been participating for a while yep but now uh, with the whole world to see
1: it's official and how does it feel now that it's been done in the park because um, you said it's a year that it's been in the works right so did it take a lot of steps to get here or was it quite straightforward No
0: considering the corporate nature i think it was really easy
2: yeah
0: i mean considering this type of agreement with any other might have taken six months just going back and forth Mm -hmm. i think we didn't have even a week or 10 days in between the legal but really exciting and it took a lot of work not because it was difficult just Mm -hmm. because there was so much that we had we talked about so many exciting things filtering deciding where to prioritize where we're all going to focus and aligning and and that was been the, the most exciting part so seeing the opportunities mm-hmm. uh, seeing both our teams Arden and my team coming hey this is amazing you know if we could do this then lenovo mm-hmm. and i could hear lenovo teams oh guys we've got this we need nibble here so seeing that excitement from both organizations is amazing and, and as nick said you know this is really the most exciting part is just the beginning uh, there's so much happening on both our ends. You know, Nibble, We continue to develop and release new tech,
1: mm-hmm.
0: new applications of our tech, and that just scales the opportunities and how we're going to democratize AI is, as we we'd like you to say. We like
1: that. It's a regular term, democratize. Yeah.
2: Smarter technology for all, right? Yes. <laughs> yes, and more
1: accessible for all, right? Yeah. Exactly. And I think
2: one, one thing that is important to, to realize here as well is that this is not a declaration of intent. Mm-hmm. This is a declaration of momentum. Mm-hmm. So we've been working with Nebo basically from the moment that we met. We were looking at opportunities, we're collaborating together, we're working on deployments. And this is actually just a consolidation in paper yeah. mm-hmm. of everything that we've done so far but also bringing to a much wider visibility everything else that we want to do. Yeah. So when it comes to artificial intelligence, there's a lot of people out there saying a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And it is my job inside of Lenovo, as the head of Lenovo AI Innovators, to be able to engage with ISVs quickly, but at the same time, be cautious about everything else that we're doing so that we don't kind of overextend ourselves. So. In a sense, what we've done with Nibble so far is the best version that I can actually expect, which is a company that from the very beginning, there is excitement. Mm -hmm. Very short term, there is action. Mm -hmm. Following up, there is growth. And then now there's visibility. And, you know, let's repeat it again. Action, growth, visibility. And keep on going.
1: Sounds like the perfect partnership.
2: Yeah. I have a (laughs) lot of fun with the (laughs) Nibble team for sure.
1: So tell me, Nicholas, when it comes to picking businesses to work with as part of Lenovo, what's an absolute must when you look at a business and think, you know, they're a perfect partner for Lenovo?
2: I think that there is a there's a misunderstanding in the market sometimes that Mm -hmm. this is a question of who has the best algorithm. That there is like ah, who is running at the 97 percent efficiency compared to the 95 percent efficiency. Mm -hmm. And I come from the startup world and I imagine that even I had that kind of mentality at some point. In the end of the day, it is about how close you are to your customers. Mm -hmm. Like the AI is literally just a piece of technology. And I say this being responsible for just AI on the yeah. yeah. So I have no reason to say it otherwise. The AI is just a piece of technology. What makes a differentiation is understanding why your customer needs it. Like Mm -hmm. why not this, not that. Like there's a lot of over-engineered great products that look nice, Mm -hmm. but they, they don't work. So when I'm talking to a partner, I can always have another engineer going over their technology. I can do a POC in our labs in Raleigh, Stuttgart, Taiwan or Beijing. But seeing how close they are to their customers, what if they can shop talk, if they can understand why is this being done and what will come next, mm-hmm. that I think it's crucial. Yeah. Without that, you can bring me the nicest artificial intelligence in the world and I'll say like put it on GitHub and let's see how many likes it
1: gets. Yeah. Like a- <laughs> yeah. Changing the customer experience, right?
2: Exactly.
0: I think drawing, changing customer experience or most clients or companies build the solution and go find the customer for it. Mm. Oh, I've got a great idea yeah. for this. I build it and then go sell it. We've never been that way. Mm. Uh, Nibble's always been, all right, We under that was how we were founded. We knew there was a problem in the market. We knew the gap from the customer. So we listened. And even in most companies, the product development team leads the product path mm-hmm. and then the sales team catches up. We never really had a sales team because we're all technical. So it was more the vision side of the team leads the path based on discussions with the clients and then sales catches up kind of thing. So that's part of, like you're saying, being close to the customer and, and the challenge and being able to give something back and do something really good.
1: So that leads me on very nicely to okay. how do you choose the right talent to know that they're working and doing the right things? Wow,
0: my favorite subject. I mean, <laughs> if you see anything I say about Nibble, I say we're a people company, yeah. not a tech company, not mm-hmm. an AI company. I believe every company in the world is a people company because it's mm-hmm. the people that make the products, the people that give the service, the people who write the code. It yep. doesn't matter what you do. So when we started building Nibble, actually the the literally the handshake was if we... Ma- It was, uh, so I had been an entrepreneur before, Mm -hmm. built other companies before, mildly successful, some great, never grew. Some made a ton of money but didn't have the vision and never really got what I wanted to do. And then Shono is one of my best friends, Muhammad Shono, our COO, one of our co-founders. And um, all of the co-founders I've worked with before, and we all got along very well before. And when we left the last uh, venture and I was sitting with Shono and I was saying, you know, I think there has to be something out there I want to do something in data. And he said, I don't care what we do as long as it's a great place to work. That wow. was literally the sentence. Not just a great place to work, about th- that you go to work happy. Mm. Uh, so being a people company, the number one thing we focus on is, is who to hire. And, you know, this is there's a lot to be said, but uh, i probably repeat it, but it's apt- attitude over aptitude. Yep, You can literally train for anything. What you can't train for is... I'm going to not give up. I'm going to keep working hard. I'm going to keep chasing it. You don't need to tell me. And, and that's what we tell people in Nibble. We tell you the what and, you, and the why. You decide the how. If you're not able to decide the how, you don't belong here. You know, that's the idea. We don't want to tell you. We don't micromanage. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are the type of people we look for. It's really important. It takes a lot of time, a lot of learning to improve. It, it, it's because we want to improve how we recruit faster. But you also want to recruit really well. And that's one of the things where we focus majority of our attention on is how to ensure we continue to recruit the best people. And I'm so proud to say like so many guests today, everyone's come by and say, man, what an incredible team you guys have. I said, yeah, that's absolutely true. That's one of my most, uh, one of the things I'm most proud of. Mm -hmm. But then again, that's what we work on constantly. Uh, Looking at attitude, attitude, attitude. And then you find people, you find rock stars. I, I I don't know how to write, uh, write a line of code to save my life, by the way. I don't know if you knew that. I could write Hangman. That's about it. Revealing secrets yeah. now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Do you, second how, guessing. <laughs> how much code can you write, Nicholas? I'm out, I'm out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but... But uh, little. Really? Yeah. See, this is little. what I
1: want to understand as well, right? Because I think AI can be very overwhelming to people, right? So they sometimes think, oh, no, I'll never be able to know it. It's too yeah. much for me. And the way you talk about it, it makes it accessible. And I'm like, oh, okay, even I could do AI, you know? But
2: that is actually the reason why I joined Artificial Intelligence yeah. in the first place. Like, I am traditionally uh, an economist and I was very happy studying economics Mm -hmm. and I also was a big fan of technology but I thought I'm not an engineer it's not for me and as I progressed on my studies I kept coming back to the idea like I want to do something technology I worked in venture capital for a little bit and that Mm -hmm. was the first place where I saw like wait a minute technology needs economists like me too you know like we need to do this when I went back to Germany where I I live now Mm -hmm. I realized that all the communities over there they were focused on developers like There were a lot of great communities focused on developers but there was nobody talking to people like me there was nobody exploring the practical implications of artificial intelligence so when i started the meetup ai i think almost like six years ago like that was the objective come in talk to people don't expect them all to be engineers some will be some will not be let's talk about what you're doing like what difference does it make and how how it does that difference but not on lines of code but rather humans used to do this before and now now humans and that first feeling that I got from the frustration of feeling that I was not uh, able to to Mm -hmm. uh, fulfill kind of brought me to wanting to understand, brought me to create a community surrounding it, and then now brought me to Lenovo on creating an ecosystem of partners that is focused on their practical applications. We're not talking about sandbox spaces where people can run code together and like compare notes, like this is actual applications. And then people like me, people like Noor have real voices in like, how is this going on? Like, why is the partner doing this? Why is the UX look screwed? What is the traditional workflow? Mm-hmm. Like, we have a voice in something that we love without necessarily writing code. I, I,
0: that's the biggest misconception about AI as well, too. Everybody thinks AI is like what's on the TV.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, reality is AI has been around since the 60s. Mm-hmm. You, you deal with AI every single day.
1: Yeah.
0: Basic The basic format of AI is when you put your car in park Or if you try to move your car from drive to park with Mm -hmm. your key out, you can't start the car, for example, if it's in drive. Mm -hmm. So that's AI, computer doing what a human would do. What everybody thinks AI is a computer thinking on its own, where we call a broad AI. That's not even a reality yet. I don't think it's anywhere near reality. And that's why we're having such a challenge with autonomous driving cars. There's too many decisions. But when you focus on a specific application, a specific requirement... That's what AI does, right? Helping. And what we say is not even just doing what a human would do, but helping the humans do more. And I think
1: that's the most important thing, because as I said before, like, AI can be super overwhelming Mm. if you know nothing about that space, but you make it accessible, you make it easy. And the car reference, I'm like, okay, I use AI, right? It's something that I know.
0: Absolutely.
2: There are very few use cases out there. And I say, this is somebody that looks at use cases worldwide that actually replace humans. Yes. Like that a client actually tells us, maybe this was so in the early 2000s of the first waves of automation, but mm-hmm. no client is saying like, hey, I have this guy checking trucks on the load." <laughs> and dock, I need to replace him. I hate, I hate Jerry. Can I get rid of him? Exactly like get rid of him. I, I hate that guy. So can you put a camera and do the work for me? Okay. No, they would tell you like, man, can you believe that I waste like three Jerry's going around checking this when one single camera running artificial intelligence could do it. And Jerry has other things to do. Jerry yes. Had, like, people are very constrained and just kind of connecting to what uh, Noor said, like after you spend time training a person, finding the right employee, doing all of those things, like the worst thing for you is to think that you can replace that easily through through code. So much better to actually create something that will make that employee become one and a half employee. Mm-hmm. You yeah, no invest on your
0: people. 100%. And that's the biggest thing. Everybody's so worried about AI taking over jobs. It's yes. actually going to create more jobs, in my opinion. Yeah. You're just changing the workforce skills. And... It's, it's funny to me because every time I get asked this question, this isn't the first time in history, guys. We've been through four major revolutions, right? We went from industrial to the mm-hmm. digital. And every time everyone was like, oh, my God, the, you know, the assembly line is going to end all of jobs in the world. And then, no, it didn't. It just made you allow to build faster. That's what's happening. You're just changing the skill of the workforce. That's it.
2: Exactly.
1: Why do you think the landscape intimidates people when it comes to AI and thinking, oh, they're going to take jobs, like you say. Why do you think that kind of messaging is the out
0: there? the way it's portrayed. Mm. You think AI does everything. People, You know, it's movies. You know, you look at the movies and AI is doing everything. Well, somebody's got to write that code. Somebody's got to build the robot. Somebody's got to, you know, there's nothing that's fully automated. And again, that's, I think, the main one is the misconception of where AI is today. Whoops. That's how excited I am.
2: (laughs) A Yeah. Yeah. My friends all over the place.
0: You know, everybody thinks we're already at broad AI. Reality is, I don't, in my personal humble opinion, Mm -hmm. I don't think we're even 15 to 20 years away from broad AI, which is a computer being able to teach itself, learn, and do everything without being trained. The reality of what AI is today is what we train it to do. Mm-hmm. So somebody's got to train it. Then somebody's got to update it. Somebody's got to manage the model, execute it, make sure it's collecting. the. It's not It's not self-running. So that's the biggest conception, I think. And then, of course, all the, um, you know, uh, the, the fact that AI is great and solves the world is not fun to sell in news. It's not sexy. Exactly. But, oh, 50,000 jobs will be lost to AI. That's yeah. what's going to sell People on headlines. People get scared, right? It yeah. creates fear. Reality is, I think, is going to be a big difference, and it's just a change. Just like how we used to read the uh, news on a newspaper, and now you read it on your phone or digital. And everybody said that's the end of news. No, they just changed media. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what's happening.
1: Change the landscape. And what about yeah. you, Nicholas?
2: Well, I think that to an ex- there's a couple of different things. The first one is that people are afraid of AI for the same reason that people back in the day were afraid of witches. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which, are, we, are we still afraid of witches? <laughs> Some people, I imagine. Like,
2: because it is something that people tell you has a big effect on your life, but yeah. you think that you'll never understand. The fact that you don't understand creates fear. Mm-hmm. And that fear is maximized by the fact that you think that will have an influence in no. your life. So somebody whispers to you that something that you cannot understand is gonna take your job, that whisper grows into something else. And 100%. I'm a big fan of sci-fi, honestly. And like artificial intelligence is a great uh, narrative tool to do a lot of things, but as far as it is, it is a narrative tool. Like it's, yeah. it's, it, it portrays the fear that things change mm-hmm. and that sometimes they change for reasons that we don't fully understand. And then the other part to our people well, people in the AI space as well, they talk very tall game. Yeah. With like, uh, and sometimes I'm yeah. running through now, this and I was like, isn't that Bayesian statistics there? Yeah, like, yeah, uh, yeah. economists here, guys, like, I'm not going to be it's the one. There's so but much BS to wade through. Yeah, yeah.
1: Exactly. and it overwhelms people, right?
0: And, and actually, you know, there, there's that cycle. What's I don't remember, I always forget. The cycle of, it talks about any new emerging technology. Then mm-hmm. there's the there's the height, uh, what
2: is it? You, I know what you mean. Then there's the a trough
0: of disillusionment because purpose. there's the height of heightened expectations. The crest of heightened expectations.
2: And the trough of disillusionment.
0: Yeah, why? is And we used to suffer with this all the time because we'd go in present, and you've seen our stuff, right? We don't make wild claims. We say, this is what we do. Boom, boom, boom. And, mm-hmm. and by the way, here's facts that back all this up. And we go in there and then there's people who will remain nameless uh, who we know and they're making these ridiculous claims to the client ridiculous like, Rid- that. like oh we can do all and like, no, they no they can't possible. it's not by the way guys you're a physicist okay tell me this in physics one two three explain it. like oh yeah you're right it's not it just doesn't make sense but people may and what happens is the ones with the loudest claims initially in these type of things, just like blockchain and mm-hmm. now the metaverse, right? Yep. Everyone goes, oh, we have to get in. So they do whatever. Then they have tons of failures. So then they're scared. And that's the trough of disillusionment. Right. Mm-hmm. And so right now we're kind of battling through the trough of disillusionment. Many of our clients have actually come back to us now, the people who we approach were like, um, yeah we tried and we we spent two million dollars and it failed can you guys help us out you know and and that's where it is so that's a big part of it as well
1: it's a very very valid point point when you look at collaboration and how important it is within the community obviously we've mentioned that you two have done the partnership today and it's going to be going forward how important is it to have that community of like-minded ai businesses around you
0: i think it's absolutely critical I mean, let's talk about first software doesn't function without hardware and hardware doesn't function without software. If you don't have good software that demands good hardware, neither of them work. Right. Mm-hmm. And when you're building something on the cutting edge, mm-hmm. whether it's new hardware or new software, the challenge is in showing and demonstrating the value. And if you can't do that, then nobody understands. And one of my favorite quotes is, um, any new sufficiently advanced technology is in the, uh, indiscriminate from magic, right? Yeah. And and that's the biggest part. Well, when we, before we used to talk about, well, we can do this and this and this on the edge and we're able to do it because we tested it in a lab and everybody was like, well, that's really cool, but. How can you show us? And we would search for a lot of things and never find. So I think partnerships across the board make everybody more successful. Mm It also allows us to really um, meet the the most important thing, which is the customer's happiness. Uh, And our goal, like one of our goals is making the world a safer, better and more connected place. So Mm -hmm. you can't do that alone. You know, that's a part of it. And being finding partners that are like-minded in mission and vision and approach to customer and technology allows you to do that. That's a critical part for Nimble always.
2: Yeah, And I think that there is also, uh, just like Noor mentioned, the clients that come back, I also have partners sometimes that come back because they initially tell me something along the lines of like, Nico, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't care about hardware. I don't care about infrastructure. <laughs> does, not, does, can I ask, does it happen a lot? Often, like a yeah. weekly basis, for sure. Yeah. Like uh, sometimes same people say, a CEO would tell me this mm. and then their CEO would be like, Nicholas, we, we care deeply about yeah. hardware. Like, uh, <laughs> Complete uh, opposites. Like, exactly. Like, yeah. like, Please, I'm so sorry. Like, uh, But the thing is, like, they say like, I don't care about hardware. And I was like, fair enough. Hey, so interested in your technology. If you change your mind, come back. And then they come back and they're like, well, so everything was going great of this client. It was eating out of the palm of <laughs> our hands and yeah, our, our software, you know, rocks. And uh, well, like uh, we cannot run it locally. I was like, oh, why not? It's like super heating. Like, did you put it in a, in a closed space? Like, well, how did you know? It's like, that's what happens mm-hmm. if you close a, a hardware, like are you using GPUs, are you using CPUs? Like, oh, let me check with my guys. Like, you know what? Why don't you get your team, call uh-huh. me. I will sit down with you and analyze this. Like." People will start caring when they realize that the chain breaks at the weakest link yeah. not that where you wanted to put extra diamonds on it and painted gold it will break on the uh, shortest link just to share a story without sharing names <laughs> like like I saw big AI projects failing on cabling yes like yeah. not having proper Cable. cabling to do their things Which is well basic right? basic yeah. stuff but like nobody thought about it and mm. somebody in some meetings said like cables are just the same right? And then no, you realize no, no, no. that you install ca- uh, cables that cannot do the kind of uh, yeah. movement of data Band that you width, need. Yeah. And then you're, you're done. And then you have to recable everything. And if you're looking at a stadium, like uh, with cameras all over the place, mm-hmm. like sometimes cabling is like a very significant yeah. part of your uh, budget. Thing. Yeah. So it gets very expensive. And the story that I wanted to, to share, one of our partners, like uh, one of the Nova resellers was working with them. I knew them from before and all, oh, papa. And then he's telling me like, ah, actually we had a problem with that big deployment that we're doing. It's like I thought that they basically closed the deal with that big convenience store. You know, we did and did. Uh it was working perfectly, but um, sales crashed after we we put the the solution in place. And I was like, what was the issue? It's like. Well, apparently nobody realized that having sixty-four cameras on top of a convenience store will make people feel creeped out. Like uh, there was literally, <laughs> uh, I saw the pictures, and yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. it's a place like uh, ten times the like Vegas, the, huh? Yeah, like ten times what you have. But the, the but even that, like the cameras that they put probably were the cheapest, easiest ones. So imagine there's literally like little cameras, kind of. Three a piece in every single corner in every store. And I was like, Of course, people don't want to walk in. Like, <laughs> yeah. who, who took a look at this? Who like, this? Yeah. And then they had to change and then they had to put cameras that were multifocal, mm. that were hidden inside, like even ridiculous things like this. But I'm telling you, if you sit with the right partners in place, mm. people won't let that fly. People will ask you an Absolutely. uncomfortable question. And that a lot of startups was like, Ah, can you believe it? And the guy was asking me about cabling. But I want to talk about AI. It's like you cannot talk about AI if somebody else is not talking about cabling. cabling. There is yeah. like a pyramid of needs here with AI sitting on the top of a large foundation of hardware, data, piping, infrastructure, everything together.
0: And that's what I think that's the biggest failure is a lot of AI companies think they're just that piece on the top. Mm. Oh, I don't care how you get your data. Give it to me. I don't care what you're doing. No, you're part of an entire ecosystem. It starts from the collection, to the storage, to the processing, to the display. And if you don't understand that entire pipeline, then it's going to fail. You don't understand what it means, exactly. but because you don't expect a software person to understand what it means to put gigabit cables or or just a regular, you know, E-CAT 5e cable versus cat 6e, right? Exactly. Uh, and now you can't transmit video or whatever. So. Uh, for bandwidth. So that's the biggest limitation, looking at it as a, as a, as a single thing, not as a part of the solution.
2: And coming back to what uh, Noor and I said about not writing code, mm-hmm. we're not expecting software people to learn their cabling or yeah. learn their... Yep. Like What we are asking is to talk about your solution in a practical way and surround yourself with people around you that can improve on your solution from mm-hmm. different angles. So yeah. the ecosystem comes from that. Like You talk from to the middleware player, you talk to the hardware player, you talk to the cabling guy... Noor asked me, like, hey, Nicholas, uh, we have a deployment coming up in Nick's country. Don't have a real partner for that. Can you recommend me a right person to do it? It's like, sure. Let me go back into our people. Let's bring the right partner. Let's sit all together. Let me give them a mm-hmm. rundown. Because if Noor doesn't catch us, I catch it, you know, and then there's another person there. So this is like this is the very, very human part of artificial yeah. intelligence that people gloss over completely people yeah. have the imagination of a tv of a face in a screen saying welcome nicholas <laughs> <laughs> how do you want to run the world today you know like there's how no, did you know that's in my room <laughs> exactly. like, but no do you thing. think we
1: might get to that point i find that uh, I,
2: I am talking about quotes right yeah. like uh, i like the idea that uh, if the human brain was simple enough to be understood we would be too simple to understand it and <laughs> no that is pretty good wow and I, that's a good quote so i think that humans are in perp- uh, perpetual development like mm-hmm. once the ai starts taking care of more tasks humans are going to figure out other things yeah and then we're going to keep doing about it and ai is going to be creating art and then humans will say like you know what sure enough but i want to see those brute brush strokes and then mm-hmm. somebody's like oh let's create a robot that paints with brush strokes and people are like yeah but now i want to hear how your mother created you while you're doing (laughs) it like humans with the passion exactly like uh, people keep evolving like there's people nowadays figuring out how to add other people to put emoticons on their social media posts not likes not views Hmm. like there's people like oh i need engagement i need emoticons like which kind of emotion will drive this and you use ai maybe to analyze the data but somebody in the end has to say like well sure maybe that would happen but like this is also stupid and we cannot do it right like Hmm. the ai has no common sense the AI was will, will suggest things that you're like could be genius, but it could be batshit insane.
0: It's like the, the my favorite one early on was, I had a chart about the correlation of the consumption of margarine and divorce rates in one of the states <laughs> in the U.S. Yeah. Like <laughs> well, maybe they're considered I don't know, All but <laughs> uh, but realistically is you can correlate anything you want, and and that's a big danger of AI, right? Is uh, correlation without causation and, and the right so yeah humans have it's not like something just runs and develops
2: yeah and uh, and sorry because i just remember something cool. like people make a comparison as if it is human with a stone yeah. against the ai right like we have not comparing people like oh our shoe's going to make feet obsolete it's <laughs> like no because like what you're going to be comparing if you're talking about the risk of artificial intelligence what you're telling me is that a human With an AI, which is not autonomous, will be defeated Mm -hmm. by a human with an autonomous AI. I find that a very hard match to call. Like, uh, if a person is fully equipped with the technology that they can use outside of autonomy, Mm. and you're saying me that they will be beat by a fully autonomous AI, which means, like, the human part becomes so insignificant that it cannot add value that the AI cannot, because that's what you're saying in that point. I find that very hard to believe. Like, a AI doing better at chess? Did 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 the world collapse? Yes, yeah. AI running on phones run, yeah, running better than on a brand <laughs> We still have championships, people still watch, we still enjoy it, you know. But now people can train against an AI for hours and there's kids in the countryside that never saw another kid playing chess and they learn chess online playing better, against yeah. the machine. So what what was the destruction here, sure, like yeah. maybe a little shame for Kasparov <laughs> when he was defeated, but like <laughs> Oh, then, yeah. Probably but not. Probably he, that made him famous. I was, yeah, like, yeah, was yeah. going to say,
1: it's going to make the other kid better as well. No? Yeah. <laughs> it's challenging them. And I think that's the thing. AI is challenging what we know as humans as well, right? But we're working with the AI together.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Would you say that's right, now
0: Yeah, we've got a quote here on the back. It's me asking Shauna, do you think robots are ever going to take over our job? And he says, I sure do hope so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and he believes that. Yeah, he wants that. Yeah. Right? <laughs>
0: so we can relax and sit on the beach. But it's never going to happen, right? Mm. That's, the, that's the part of the joke is you always need to build it, configure it, train it, model it. Like you said, it's never replacing. You'll do flight simulated simulators for AI, but I don't see an autonomous pilot yet for an airplane. Yeah. Even for cars, it's the same. We can talk about that all day, but it's still not out there for a reason.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So now if we're looking at technology mm. and the way that we build technology, what do you believe is the most important step in the process and why? Wow.
0: <laughs> just one? <laughs> I mean, if you're gonna really start, it's defining the problem. Yeah. doesn't you know, what's the, if you don't know where you're going, any path will take you. <laughs> so the number one, the most important is defining the problem. What's the, what's the actual problem you're trying to solve? And not just, oh, I need to do this, but why? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one of the things we focus on a lot at Nibble. So we look at, um, it was funny, I was having a conversation yesterday with someone uh, arguing with me why they would use our software when their pump costs uh, $25,000. Oh, in oil and gas makes sense, Pops co- pump costs half a million dollars. But in, we don't sell it because the pump costs half a million dollars in oil and gas. We sell it because every day the pump is down, the company loses $25 million. Doesn't matter, the pump is irrelevant in this equation. And so I, I asked him, okay, well, what are your pumps for? Are they used in, in manufacturing chemical plants? Okay. And what happens if that pump fails? Oh, we'll just replace it. That's fine. Okay, you just replace it. I don't care about the pump. How long does it take to replace it? Well, you know, now it's the supply chains are a problem, and it could take three weeks or, or, or seven weeks. We have one waiting for two months. Cool. What happens in those eight weeks? You're not, your pump is not there. Oh, the plants shut down. hmm you said that too calmly my friend what do you mean the punch that what does that plant make a day What does it lose a day in not operating? and I could see the the, the gears and he like oh shit he got me <laughs> you know uh, <laughs> but that's the reality we don't sell. Uh, for the problem we understand what is the real what is the real effect of a problem Mm -hmm. in which so that's the the first thing we we look at and then you go from there and you talk to the clients and and you look at another part of where the way we approach it is we're looking at how can we make impact or Mm -hmm. how can we impact and that's a big part of You know, Nibble's underlying vision and mission of developing technology from the GCC to export to the rest of the world is well, you know, we can only do too much. Even if we become the biggest company in the world, what are we going to employ? 150,000 people? Let's just say, you know, wishful thinking in 10 years, we'll have another podcast and we'll see how big we are. (laughs) That's just
1: happening.
2: Yeah, there's
0: a market right there, right?
2: I think Lenovo has 120,000 people. So I'm just saying, like,
0: (laughs) In 10 years, let's 10 years see. Ago. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I'm just saying, but even then, even if you become that, you haven't impacted much change in the big scheme of things. Mm-hmm. And so enabling others to do this as well is a big part. And that's why we built Nubilla and anything.ai to allow other people to build machine learning uh, algorithms, turn those into applications. So another part is what are you? what's the impact it's going to give? So what's the problem or what's the impact? That's the two things that we really focus on and we drive from there.
1: And the same to
2: you nicholas i almost want to steal uh new uh answer but i can also say people because yeah. then i'll be stealing from <laughs> other answer so i am I'm, I'm good on on both sides i it is indeed like uh, figuring out the problem is the most important thing yeah. of them all like uh there is a, a nice slide that we use when we're talking about ai development for our clients and we often say that like a uh, data is almost the last thing that you take a look at Mm -hmm. you know like you first starting up with a business problem and have a traditional idea of what can be solved then you make sure that you have an understanding of what the investment will be to solve it like uh infrastructure people other things then you make sure that you have the right skills or how much uh you would need uh skills to kind of cover this or partners like skills can come from all different way and often, like the data can be collected. Like we are not living in a world where data is hard to collect. Like we're living in a world where it's hard to monetize data yeah. in the proper way. Mm-hmm. So, I, AI is at its worst, like from a technology perspective, not a media perspective. It is a simple and lazy extension of our big data conversation. Yeah. Like in two thousand, the early two thousand was big data everything. Big data this, big data that, and there was this idea of like oh, If you're asking why you're collecting data, you're a part of the past, you know. Like, uh, <laughs> like the, the, you should be asking uh-huh. rather than asking questions, you should be downloading and <laughs> uploading data. And then now you come to the conversation. I think Gartner said that only three percent of all data collected is actually used. used. Yep. Uh, we have customers that say, I cannot try AI because I already spent too much money on, on data. data, data. And I was like, <laughs> Well, so that's it's sounds... almost like
1: they're polar opposites to each other, right? In an extent,
2: like it diverges you from the real question, yeah. And that's what Noor was saying, like the the the. The reason why it's so important to ask how this actually affects people is because it's so easy not to. Yes. It's so easy to get lost in a conversation of pure technology chops and mm-hmm. how much data is available. Mm-hmm. Like that's that. Like uh, I know ISVs out there and to all the people that work with me, I apologize in advance. I'm like, <laughs> ah, we wish that we could do this, but there is no uh, data in the company to do it. It's like there's no data in the company to do it now. Yeah. But Theoretically, here, if you guys can convince them of the value and you have a good vision of the total ROI, like you could start doing it. Like no. the it, it's at best a temporary pause to what is necessary. If you tell me, like Nicholas, they they don't have the willingness to make the investment to capture data, I was like, fair enough. But then willingness to not make investments is they don't want to buy your solution yeah. for what delivers. Then let's go to the next client. It was not a data question in the beginning. Like it diverges you from why are we doing what we're doing if mm-hmm. you start talking about data it's like cool enough but this is not really ai like a fuel that we talk a lot about fuel when we talk about airplanes like uh, right. sometimes but like not necessarily we understand that it gets involved and hey fuel can be expensive fuel mm-hmm. can be tricky but we're talking about airplanes like um i think it's a different conversation
1: yeah it's knowing the why and i think that's what i've taken from both of you well thank you very much for joining me today i very much appreciate it
0: thank you Jamie.
1: so As I say, thank you for joining the Nibble Voices podcast today. Um, You can subscribe to the Nibble podcast series on all our podcast platforms. Thank you very much, Nicholas. Thank you.
0: Thanks, Nicholas. And thank you, Noah. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you.